Hi, thanks for joining me today on the first Sunday in Advent. And this is our traditional hanging of the greens at Calamus Lutheran Parish. Let us pray. Our Father, we long for the simple beauty of Christmas, for all the familiar melodies, words, symbols that remind us of that great miracle when God, who had made all things, came one night as a babe to lie in the crook of a woman's arm. But in that longing, let us even more yearn for your renewed presence among us, even as we celebrate and expect the coming of your Son. Before such mystery we kneel, as we follow the shepherds and wise men to bring you the gift of our love, a love we confess that has not always been as warm or sincere or real as it should have been. Now, as we enter into this Advent season, we pray that the love would find its beloved and for you receive the grace to make it pure again, warm and real. We bring you our gratitude for every token of your love, for all the ways you have helped, of all the blessings you have heaped upon us, during the years that have, and we do pray, Lord Jesus, as we begin this four-week journey of expectation and hope, we may do in a manner well-pleasing to you. May all we do and say, every tribute of our hearts, bring honor to your name, that we, your people, may remember your birth and feel your presence among us even yet. May the loving kindness of this Advent season and the true spirit of Christmas not only creep into our hearts this season, but there abide so that not even the return to earthly cares and responsibilities, not all the festivities of our own devising, may cause it to creep away weeping. May the joy and spirit of Christmas remain with us now and forever. In the name of Jesus, who came to save his people from their sin, even in that lovely name we pray. Amen. As we begin the Christian year, we also celebrate the holy season known as Advent. It is a time when we prepare ourselves for the coming of our Messiah. Advent means coming. We celebrate these days of Advent in expectation and preparation for Christ's arrival. Through the centuries, Christians have observed a time of waiting and expectation before celebrating the birth of the Savior at Christmas. The Advent season is a time for reflection and preparation, but its mood is joyful. Advent has been enriched by Christian tradition to reflect its distinctive Christian meaning. It proclaims the revelation of God's love as expressed in Christ's birth in a humble stable, his sacrificial death on the cross, and his victorious resurrection. It points to the hope of Christ's coming again as the King of kings and Lord of lords. Advent makes innkeepers out of all of us asking each of us to make room for the arrival of Christ the King. 
Let us today prepare him room in our hearts, our lives, and our homes. Over these next weeks of Advent, let us listen to the lessons of the year and centuries, not just impressions of the moment. The images in the Bible, biblical story are often discouraging. War, hate, famine, epidemics, a Caesar on his throne, a Paul in prison, Christians being persecuted. But now, after the centuries, the Caesar is gone. Paul is a symbol of faith. And Jesus, the truth and the light, is reaching out to every nation. Let us, through the great tradition of our faith, join with the shepherds of Bethlehem, the wise men of the East, and the seekers throughout the ages, to welcome the one who came at Christmas. Let us at Christmas tide bring our gifts to him, and may the message of our songs be glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill to peoples everywhere.
A reading from Jeremiah. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promises I have made to the home of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Here ends the reading. The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, Confused by the roaring sea and the waves, people will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming in upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up. Raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this world, and that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will become it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times praying that you may have the strength to escape all things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The most striking and most universal feature of Christmas is the use of evergreens in churches and homes. Among ancient Romans, evergreens were an emblem of peace and joy and victory. The early Christians placed them in their windows to indicate that Christ had entered their home. Holly and ivy among the pine and fir are called evergreens because they never change color. They are evergreen, ever alive, ever in the midst of winter. They symbolize the unchanging nature of our God, and they remind us of the everlasting life that is ours through Christ Jesus. Under Christian thought and sentiment, holly becomes widely used in church celebrations. Holly was considered as the burning bush or a symbol of Mary, whose being glows with the Holy Spirit. The red berries represented the blood drops from the cruel thorns in the crown of Jesus. In Isaiah sixty thirteen, we find these words, The glory of Lebanon shall come upon you, 
the fir tree, the pine tree, and the box together to beautify the place of your sanctuary. Our forefathers called the procuring of these evergreens, bringing home Christmas. Today, the Christmas tree is the center of our festivities, glistening with lights and ornaments. It is a part of the beauty and meaning of Christmas. There are several legends and stories about the Christmas tree. The first use of the Christmas tree was in the medieval German paradise plays, held outdoors and pro portraying the creation of humankind. The tree of life was a fir tree decorated with apples. Later, other ornaments were hung among them, such as paper flowers and gilded nuts. In England, branches or whole trees were forced to bloom indoors for Christmas. From the beginnings, the use of the tree at Christmas was established. Martin Luther was perhaps the first to use a lighted tree. The story is told that on one Christmas Eve, Martin Luther wandered outdoors and became enraptured with the beauty of the starry sky. Its brilliance and loveliness led him to reflect on the glory of the first Christmas Eve as seen in Bethlehem's radiant skies. Wishing to share with his wife and children the enchantment he had felt, he cut from the forest an evergreen, glistening with snow, and took it home. He placed upon it candles to represent the glorious heavens he had seen. The use of a candle-lighted tree spread to all Europe. Then America came to regard it as the central ornament of Christmas. Most Christmas greenery reflects the European traditions, but one colorful plant, which looks like a flaming star, the poinsettia, is a native to the American continent. It was named after Dr. Joel Robert Poinsett, an ambassador to Mexico who first introduced the United States in 1828. The people of Mexico and Central America called the brilliant tropical plant the flower of the holy night. The poinsettia is a many-pointed star that has become a symbol of the star of Bethlehem. Both visual and performing arts have always been important ways to communicate the Christian faith. The use of music has helped believers understand their godly hope. Other forms of visual art have been used from the beginning to help express various aspects of Christian decoration and life. Colors, altar pyramids or coverings and banners are some of the most important visual ways Christians have used to express their faith in worship. The objective in covering the communion table with cloths of various colors was to help focus the attention of worshipers on the special nature of Christ as the perfect sacrifice. In the early days of Christian worship, Advent and Christmas were seen as a somber time like Lent is today. Purple table coverings were used to speak of Christ's kingship, but the mood was somber. 
As Christians began to share their celebration of Christmas with their non-Christian neighbors, they began to focus on the joy of the Christmas season. As the emphasis of Christmas began to change to one of joyful celebration, the color used also changed to express Christ the King in that more happy way. While purple is still used in some churches, and at some times many Christian churches now use blue to speak of the kingship of Christ when the occasion is joyful. At Advent, we wait with anticipation and celebration for the coming of Christ. Advent is a time of expectation, and this is symbolized not only by the four-week period of preparation, but also by the lighting of an Advent candle each Sunday of the season. The flame of each new candle reminds us that something is happening and something more is still to come. The candles are arranged in a circle to remind us of the continuous power of God, which we knows, which knows neither beginning nor ending. This is also symbolism in the colors of the candles. The blue candles symbolize the coming of Christ from the royal line of David. He is coming as a king of kings, as well as the prince of peace. The large white candle in the center is known as the Christ candle and points to Jesus as the Christ, the light of the world. A progression is noted in the lighting of the candles of Advent. Each candle symbolizes various aspects of our waiting experience. The culmination of the season comes as we light the Christ candle on Christmas Eve. We join in rejoicing that the promise of long ago has been fulfilled. One of the most heartwarming expressions of Christmas is the Nativity. The Nativity speaks of the mystery of God's wisdom, why God chose to send his son into the world as a baby of humble birth, born in common surroundings. What we do know is that God reached out to people, including the poor and wealthy, the simple and the wise, the powerless and the powerful. All who found him knelt in humility before him. Knowing God is possible because he came to us at our level. Whenever we see a nativity, we find ourselves with Mary and Joseph, with the shepherds, with the wise men, bowing before the manger, overwhelmed by God's expression of love in coming to us. From the beginning of Christmas, celebrations, gift-giving have been a part of the season. The wise men gave out their treasures, and the shepherds gave of themselves. Both expressed the gift of giving in God, Christ as the Savior of the world. Unique in our history and generous givers is the story of St. Nicholas, Bishop of Myra of Lycia in the 4th century AD. He is reputed to have been wealthy 
his emblem being three purses and three golden balls. This was a symbol of rich Italian families of his time. It survives today in the signs of some of our pawn shops. The good bishop gave his money away secretly to those whom he found in need. He was deeply interested in young people, giving his wealth, especially to maidens who lack, whose lack of a dowry was affecting their matrimonial future. And to needy boys he also gave. Gifts coming from unknown sources were commonly attributed to him, and parents customarily gave credit for their gifts to their children. The, discover, the discovery of his generosity is said to have been made by the father of three dower, dowry-less daughters. The eldest two each received from the chimney on successive nights a substantial gift of gold with her name on it. The father resolved to watch and see who their generous benefactor could be. His vigil revealed the good Saint Nicholas as the donor of the gifts. His name survives today as the human embodiment of unselfish giving. Hanging up our stockings in pleasant anticipation of Santa's gifts may have originated from the fact that the maidens of this gift and unexpected dowry from the good St. Nicholas suspended a stocking to catch the money purse the generous bishop was sure to drop down the chimney. We've talked a lot about Advent and the symbols of Advent and Christmas. But the greatest gift of Christmas is the gift of God in Christ Jesus. All that we do at this holy season points to the expression of holy love. Christ came as a babe in Bethlehem, God's gift at Christmas. As Christians, we seek to pass on our heritage to our children, to those who, by faith in Christ, become a part of the family of God. It is through the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and mine that the gift goes on. Let us pray. O God, you have caused this world to shine with the illumination of true light. You have given us your only begotten Son to take our nature upon him, to reveal to us your glory and grace. As you have given this gift in love, may we receive it with joy. Grant that we, being regenerate and made your children by adoption and grace, may daily be renewed by your Holy Spirit. Grant us, we pray, that as we have known the mystery of that light upon earth, so may we also reflect that light to a darkened world. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. shall come when morning dawns and light triumphant breaks when beauty gilds the eastern hills and life to joy awakes not as a May God direct your ways in peace. May you abound in love for one another and for all, and strengthen your hearts until the coming of our Lord Jesus. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. <laughs>